Hey, this is John Reap from the Country-ish Podcast on the All Things Comedy Network. No sports? No problem. My bookie offers the latest and most popular sport game titles and state-of-the-art software. No need to leave the comfort of your home. It's all at your fingertips. Featuring a truly flawless live casino, complete with professional dealers, as well as a large selection of classic and progressive slots games, plus the greatest selection of video poker variants. They really do offer something for everyone. Take advantage of their daily promotions for the casino, which includes bonuses, cash backs, raffles, free chips, and free spins for you to increase your chances of winning every single day. Also, you can put your skills to the test in their latest free blackjack and slots tournaments, which includes a free 10K prize pool blackjack tournament. Stuck at home? Don't even sweat it. They got you covered. Join now and start winning big today. Sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? My bookie pays fast when you win. With decades of experience, great customer service, and hassle-free transactions, why would you bet anywhere else? Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code ATCCASINO for a 150% bonus on your first deposit. Bet with the biggest, win with the best, only at my bookie. Our armed forces' heroism, courage, and bravery give greater meaning to what it is to be an American. Grand Canyon University honors you and pays tribute to you and your family. As a community, GCU celebrates your service, your sacrifice, and your commitment. God bless all the brave men and women who put our country first. We want to do the same for you. GCU's online degree programs put you first so you can make the most of your time. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. What's up, fool? Felipe Esparza here, though. What's up, fool? Podcast live on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, live from All Things Comedy, doing it. What's up, everybody? I'm right here in the the heart where I grew up, Boyle Heights, California. Boyle Heights, the capital of East Los Angeles, and um. I grew up right around here. We're here at um, we're here at this coffee shop on First and I don't know you know the street. What's the name of the street? What's the street? It's on First Street. No. First and um, Pleasant. It's called um, Primera Taza. Primera Taza. It's owned by my friend Evo Juan Romero. Evo Juan Romero is the guy that I grew up with. We used to play little league together. You know. With Kenny Earls at the Hollaback Gym when it was being run by Danny Hernandez. Yeah, Danny Hernandez. And um, so we're still doing, our, we're waiting for Rodrigo Torres, that fool's late, Silent Bob, the, 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 um, my Ed McMahon, the co chairman, the, the, the sidekick, the laugh track of the show that everybody likes. 
So we, we couldn't get a hold of him because that fool left his phone inside the the car service. The guy who drove us to the airport from Dallas uh, to the airport, he left his phone there. So they're going to mail it to him. So he's been uh, walking around and checking his messages on his, on his computer at Starbucks. But right now he's MIA. We don't know where he's at. He probably got killed by extermination. He probably got killed by roaches or pigeons. He he, um, he probably ingested too much chemicals from roach sprays. Or he fell asleep somewhere at a house. Or he, he fell asleep somewhere in his truck under a shade. Like a lot of people, like a lot of city workers do. You find a nice shade, you, you close all the windows, and you listen to the What's Up Food podcast. What's up, Food? So we're still doing our series, man. Cholos, where are you now? We had um, Heaven, um, the artist Heaven, Juan Carlos Munoz Hernandez, we, I, a friend of mine who I grew up with. And now, this is crazy, man. I was walking in Glendale on Glendale Avenue or Central Avenue. And I was just walking around, going to the mall, trying to get exercise on a 90-degree head day. And I ran, some, I ran into some dude with his baby. He was wearing a Dodger hat. And he walked up to me. He said, what's up, fool? I saw you on Last Comic Standing. And I said, damn, what's up, man? You voted for me, right? And um, this guy came up to me, man. We started talking briefly. And this fool has just gotten out of the, pen, the prison and um, for a crime he didn't commit on the um, on some program they have now for the Innocent Project. But he's going to tell us all about it later on. But I want to introduce him right now and um, so you guys can get to know him. His name is Frank Carrillo. No relation to the last interview, the Sheriff Gil Carrillo who cut the Night Stalker. Not him. This guy is from Linwood, California. And man... One day, he was walking down the street, and you know how the police department, back in the days, Rampart or whatever, <laughs> they just pick anybody up. Hey, man, you look like the guy who messed the description. Okay, later. And you're a young kid, man, and you just sign. They tell you to sign here, sign there. You know, that's one thing, man. I think if, if they were to, if they want to stop people from being cholos or joining gangs, make crime a class. You know, criminology 101, what not to do when the police tells you, come over and ask for questionings. But I'm only 17. It's okay. We don't need your mom here. <laughs> so, what's up, fool? We have um, Frank Carrillo. Welcome to the show, hey, bro. Gracias, Felipe. How are you, man? What's Good, up, Good, man. What's, what's up, up fool? What's, what's up, fool? Yeah, so, you know, uh, thank you for that great welcome, but um, I need to clarify that. I go by Frankie. Oh, I, know, but, I know Frankie sounds kind of like a, you know... What did I say? Frank, you know. Frank sounds too oh, Frank, we'll, we'll fucking delete know? that shit. Give it up yeah. for Frank Carrillo, right? <laughs> That's it, wrong? <laughs> no, but it, hey, I'm like... Frank, so, give it up for Frank Carrillo, people. <laughs> Frankie? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You, you would imagine that a guy who spent 20 years in prison would not want to be called Frankie. I know, know? man. Frankie sounds kind of weak, you know? Frankie sounds like a, one of those reggaeton singers. Yeah, give it up for Frankie Carrillo. Yeah, that sounds... I know it sounds Suavemente. weak, Suavemente. Exactly. <laughs> 
But um, that's my name, Frankie Carrillo, man. And and definitely, man, I, I saw you walking down the street. I had my little boy, you know, strapped to me like that guy on Hangover, the movie. <laughs> I know you you had him like mini me, man. Like there's a there's a, a guy, a comedian from New York named Mike Vicky, Mike Vicchioni, and he has a joke about a guy guys from the neighborhood from the Bronx yeah. carrying their babies like all in gold though. Oh, like wow. check out my son, son. <laughs> <laughs> no man, I mean I'm, I'm a low budget guy from LA, so all I all I can afford was a nice Dodger hat. So we were rocking, you know, some Dodger hats, and um, so it was good to bump into you, man. And you know, I would have voted for you, but I didn't have a cell phone in prison, man. So, oh, so but I'm glad you still won. Yeah, man. <laughs> See, I'm glad I won too. I never so, won anything in my life. <laughs> so let me talk to you about my uh, my story and and how we um. How we sort of, you know, bump bump heads and eventually how I ended up in prison, how I got out, which is the main thing. So, like you pointed out, Felipe, uh, Linwood, California, man, you know, early 80s, you know, up to the early 90s, man. I was just, you know, know, born and raised there, doing my thing. And in a a, a normal day in L.A., man, with my, my, my partners riding our bikes, a sheriff deputy of all people, a sheriff deputy, Pulls us over, you know, you know, just, I thought, you know, nobody had done anything wrong, but he wanted to sort of chit-chat with us, right? And so it was cool, you know, we're talking, and he's, he's asking us, you know, do we have a girlfriend, and what high school you go to, and, you know, where do you live? You know, just small talk, and I thought it was pretty cool. And then he said, hey, do you mind if we take, if I take your photograph to all of us? It was like four or five of us. And so what are you going to say? You're going to say no? So we didn't say no. We said, yeah, sure, go ahead, you know. And back then they had Polaroid cameras, so we took our picture. I remember them doing that before, man. Racial profiling, profiling bro. And then, yeah. and, then, and then, like, you were like an underage, you could be like under 18 years old, 17 years old, 16 years old, and they put you in a gang file for no exactly. reason. Like, they just take a photo with you, 14 years old. That was their list. Exactly. So they Illegal list, but they had it. Exactly. So they, so our pictures were snapped, and um, I was about 15 at the time, and life went on. I thought it was pretty cool, you know, dealing with the cop, and, we're, you know, we move on. So my family uh, actually moved from Linwood to Maywood, which wasn't, you know, a big leap. It might have been a leap down, you know, but uh, we moved. But that picture remained in the sheriff's department in Linwood. And so lo and behold, about a year and a half later, as a crime was committed, you know, innocent bystander, a 42-year-old man was murdered. Tragic story. But it got worse, man, when the young boy, um, initially, we thought he made a mistake and picked my picture. Picks my picture. They arrest me. I'm, I'm tried as an adult. And I'm eventually convicted, given life in prison. I spent 20 years of, of my life, man, from the age of 16 to, the, to 37 in the joint, fighting for my freedom, trying to stay alive, maturing, you know, life happens, you know, it doesn't stop just because you're in prison. Finally, the evidence surfaced that they had the wrong guy. I mean, I knew that all along, but, you know, now, that, now they realize that they had the wrong guy. And the initial story about the young boy picking my picture, and he's like, yeah, that's the guy. Turns out that's all, that was all BS, man. The, the now man, now he's, you know, 20 years later, he's grown up. He's saying, no, nah, no, nah, you know what? I made a mistake. The cop told me to pick his picture. The cop told me that this guy was up to no good and that he's the guy who did it. And so, you know, along with other evidence that came out, the actual murderer confessed to the crime as well. So that was big, you know. And um, and so it, it's 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 pretty shitty, man, that in, and that um, I hear there's still stories of this, of this injustice that so happens, you know. No, that, I'm thinking about, man, like... <laughs> What was it like? Like, how did you feel that nobody believed you? You know what? Uh, and then you're you're on a list that you're not supposed to be on. Like, you, you get a lawyer or lawyer up. 
you know, so early on, you know, from a from a Mexican family, there's no money for for any any attorneys, man. So you you know you you're you're sort of just you know got to just roll what you got. That's a public defender, you know. And so in my case, it wasn't even a public defender; it was a state appointed attorney, which I don't even know what the difference is, but that's who I had, you know. Did and the, these guys make court deals in the fucking elevators? Probably, bro. Probably. <laughs> Seriously, man, this dude. But the, what, what's trippy about this is that, so I walk into court. I'm 16 years old. I'm chained, like you see in the movies, like maybe 10 people on this long chain. And we all go in for a first day in court. So our, you were 16? 16. So arraignment, the big day, right? You see the judge. And so everyone else is, you know, being called up there for like prostitution, you know, drunk driving, you know, minor crimes, and everyone's like laughing. I mean, like, ah, what are you here for? You know, stealing bubble gum, you know, whatever. And I'm not, I'm not talking to nobody, you know. And so, sure enough, while that was happening, this, this, I heard my name. So I'm like, hey, I'm over here, and there's this tall white boy coming my way, right? I'm like, fuck, man. They gave me, they gave me the great white hope, man. When I saw him, I figured, oh man, this is gonna be all taken care of, you know. And um, you know, because there wasn't many white guys who were coming to your rescue, especially in, in that part of the city, you yeah. know. And um, and so this was my lawyer, and so read the charges, you know, charges were read, and so on, and and it went from there, you know. What were the charges? So the charge was murder, murder along with six attempted murders. So this was this six was the, attempted murder you, of you didn't do right. Ex- yeah, the whole thing was one big package, you know. So there were six guys who thankfully didn't die, and one man died. So he was a, he was a murderer, you know. Um. Yeah, man. So, um. So yeah. So you know, here I am, a young boy, and talk about not talking about my voice being stripped away from me. So you're a young kid, and you know, I I come from a generation, Felipe, where, you know, my dad was quick to tell me, you know, when adults are talking, just you know, take the back seat. They'll look out for you. Um. You know, yeah. let them let them sort of you know take the lead. You know, they'll they'll pretty be there much. To... You don't have an opinion. Exactly. And so you know, I'm in the situation. So you're I'm in a situation where there's you know the judge and everybody else is the adults, and I'm just a little kid, like I don't. I don't know what the hell's going on, but you know, I'm trying to be respectful with the program and with the process of the court, so um, not much was going on, man, you know. And so, my voice was definitely stripped away from me. And and even if I would have said something, they probably weren't gonna believe me anyway, you know. So, you just took quiet, you just w- w- roll the punches, you didn't, you didn't care, you know. It's not that I didn't care, but I just think that. Um, it was definitely it was definitely um, a professional setting. I felt that you know I felt inferior. I felt that you know my role in this in this process was definitely um, very minimal. I mean, even though I was at the center of all this, you know, nobody was asking me for my opinions, and and I definitely felt that you know anything I had to say wasn't going to matter anyway. You know. So how long did how long did your trial take? So so I had two trials. So it was a, it was a my first trial was a hung jury that took about two weeks, and then the second trial was about a week and a half. But you know, w- during my first trial, you know, it, it was it was weird, man, because for the first time I was hearing about what had happened and witnesses were being called in, and and when these dudes were coming in, there was eventually six witnesses who said that I had done it. When they were coming in saying, yeah, you know, we saw Frankie shoot the gun. It was a drive-by shooting, you know. So we saw the car go by and all this stuff, and I'm thinking like. You know, interesting story, and your 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 tears, and your and your how you you know, you know, witness, you know, testifying right now sounds really you know appealing, and it sounds convincing, but you got the wrong dude, you know. And so, um, you know, it was a hung jury. You know, we were you know my alibi was that I was at home with my dad, which wasn't much of an alibi because you know everyone says they were with their dad yeah. or with their grandma, you know. So, 
But that's all I had, bro. You know, I have not, you know, shit. If I would have done, I would have had a good life. But I was just being honest all the way through, saying nope. I was just with my pops, you know. And so, um, so jury jury came back. They couldn't decide. So about six months later, um, I was still in juvenile hall. Then I went to the county jail. You went YA. I went to YA afterwards. I was convicted. East Lake, huh? You went I to, went to East Lake. So we went to East Lake first, and then YA to your twenty-five. So I went to Los Padrinos first, which is in Downey, and then I went to East Lake for about a year and a half. Men's Central Jail, which is which is a shithole. Um, East um, YTS, which is YA, and then until I was about twenty-three, and then I went to state prison. Um, Gladiator School. It was it was crazy, man. It was it was definitely a, situ- a place where I didn't want to be, you know. What year was it? Like in the eighties, right? 82? This was I, I got I got arrested in January ninety one. So oh, by the time wow. I got to YA, it was it was still like about a year later, a year and a half later. So, um, but yeah, you know what? You know, what? And, and when I was a, when I was a kid, man, I you know just by because I lived in, in a certain barrio in, in, in Linwood, you know, you sort of feel like you're one of the guys, you know, and and when I got to Central and YA and prison, man. I, I I I realized very quickly, man, that these were some tough dudes. Like whatever I thought I was, you know, hanging yeah. with the guys and going to parties, that wasn't shit. Like this is like these are some tough dudes, you know. And um, and so I re- I respected that, and you know, I, I was definitely. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I was afraid, you know. I was afraid, you know. And um, I think that's what protected me all those years, man. Just being aware of my surroundings and and um, and yeah, you know, that's the way it goes, you know. So you, what was it like, man, like to be to turn eighteen in prison? That's a good question, man. Um, what, what, what was your mom and dad thinking? Did they believe you? You know, my my dad definitely. They both believed me. But my dad definitely believed me because he was with me that night. They yeah. arrested me six days after the crime, so it was clear. Like, you can think back six days, you know. So my dad was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're at home and we had dinner and you know that kind of stuff." And and my parents were divorced. I was living with my heifer, so my dad was was who I was living with. And um and the, you know they definitely they definitely were by my side but you know I think I think I was I was stripped away from my voice and so were they because they didn't know what to do you know uh, Mexican family who, you know who migrated to the U S you know, didn't really know you know much about anything about the criminal justice system or their English was pretty pretty bad you know so I don't think they were taken too seriously man you know so you were born in Mexico I was born down the street in General Hospital General Hospital so East L A you born there too or what no, I was born in Mexico oh really. I think if I would have, that would happen to me, they probably would have deported me afterwards. Oh yeah, they do that, right? They deport you. <laughs> they do that, man. I, uh, a lot of good friends of mine just get deported afterwards. You know, it's funny, man. How some dudes get deported and not knowing how to be, some of them don't even know how to speak Spanish. I went, I went down there with the with some friends of mine to this place called um, La Casa del del Inmigrante. and there were dudes. These sad stories, man, where a guy got pulled over, and um, you know. Where's your paperwork in San Bernardino? So I guess they hit you with the papers really quick, and he didn't have any, and um, deported on like a month later, you know. So he's over here at this little place in TJ crying about, you know, I don't speak, I don't even speak Spanish, you know. My family, I was here when I was six months old, and so it's it's pretty sad. Who was the prosecuting uh, attorney? Marsha Clark? Nah. Nah. Judge Ito? <laughs> That's funny. During the OJ trial, my dad knew Judge Ito, and he knew Marshall Clark because my dad had like two DUIs. He did time in Mira Lomas, oh, and then when the OJ trial came out, no, esta Marshall Clark está cabrón. Cabrón, no, hombre, está cabrón esa mujer, you know. It's funny how the 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 public defender is like a guy, man. He's there for the city, but some of them like don't really care, huh? 
You know, my dude, the, this guy who was representing me, man, and I'm not embarrassed to say his name. His name was Robin Yanes, man. Robin, Asian guy? No, we got a white dude, you know. And, and, um, well, that was the Great White Hope. The Great White Hope, man, let me down, you know. And, um, you know, this dude, this dude, man, I, I think I think he just had, he was just a bad lawyer to begin with, you know. And especially when you're, when you're, when you're defending a, a kid. Yeah, it, it's a little different. It's a different program. You gotta, you gotta, you know, take on, you know. And I think he just like, you know, I don't want to talk to this kid, you know. And he just did his thing, you know, without, without anything that I had to say, you know. How did you? What was like your first moment when you got to like to the to the to the um, adult prison? What did you learn from? What was it like even in juvenile hall, man, with all these criminal, crazy criminal? You know, I remember when I got to. I got to Central Juvenile Hall after I'd been, I'd been tried as an adult. And I was in the cell my first night there, and they put, I was with myself, but they put this Asian dude in there with me, this, I don't know, Korean guy. I don't know who, you know what, what nationality he was, but he was an Asian guy. Computer hacker. Well, I wish he was. So I, so he walks in, and, like, you know, really quick, like, hey, I'm, I'm Frankie, and he told me what his name was, right? And um, so, you know, of course, you can ask him, you know, you know what are you here for? He said, man, I just killed somebody, man. So they just busted him, like, hours before. He had just been, like, he was still in trauma of what he had done. And it was the first time that someone had told me, like, flat out like that, like, yeah, I just killed somebody. And it was pretty intense, man. I mean, you know, it was not that I was afraid of him, but I was like, shit, this is real. This is some real stuff here, you know? Um, but, you know, I have to admit, man, that as time goes on, you sort of acclimate to that environment. You know, you hear all these stories about guys who are, Busted and murder and murder and murder and all these different crimes and um, and after a while you hear murder and it doesn't even affect you anymore you know um, you just sort of just just go with the punches you know but when I got to um, when I got to the joint man to the adult prison you know I'll be honest with you man I, I really thought that by that point I had already been in since I was sixteen so now I'm like twenty three right yeah and I'm around all these kids like in YA and juvenile hall and you know. I come from a part of, of, of with my family where, like, you, you hear about veteranos and they're going to yeah. school you and they're going to give you some advice, right? Orale, mijo, una cura. There you go, you know? <laughs> and and these dudes, when I got to the joint, I wanted to, like, oh, okay, like, finally the veteranos in the joint. Yeah. I was in Corcoran and, you know, I'm going to run into some guys who was going to school me and give me some advice like about it. Like, doing the movies. I thought I was going to meet, like, the, the modern. Rules. Yeah, I, you know, I thought I was going to meet, like, the modern day Socrates, like, some dude, like, with the big beard talking about, like, let me tell you the, the you know, like in Shawshank Redemption. Exactly. Like this is the mysteries of life. I'm going to give like you you're all. You're going to be red. Anything yeah. you want, brother, just come and get me. <laughs> I was actually looking for red, man. So, <laughs> so red, red. That movie wasn't out yet, but I was, I was thinking about there. These guys have to exist, especially here, right? And so, lo, lo and behold, man, I see this old Rasa, this old veterano, right? I'm like, this is, dude, this is, this is my modern day. Oh, like seventy? He was like sixty. He looked, he looked beat up, you know. But he, yeah. you know, he was like a no dude. I figured, like, this like is life beat the shit out of him. I mean, he uh, he worried too much. He worried exactly. <laughs> but he 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 fooled me into thinking like he was a look, right? So I figured, yeah. man, this guy's gonna give me some good stuff, right? So I I sort of befriended him and. And we talked, and I was sort of waiting for the big moment, like reason to say, you know, Frankie, let me talk to you about life, you know, and and talk to you about how to survive prison and all that, right? And so, so we're kicking back one day, man. And I'm thinking, okay, like I'm waiting for the moment to happen, and it never showed up, bro. The dude, instead of telling me something, you know, intelligent or smart or wise, what I was looking for, he was like, "What's for dinner?" You know, and I was like, "What's for dinner?" the fuck is what's for dinner what about like you know 
you know, something Gandhi said or something yeah. Confucius or, you know, something with some meaning, you know. And so I was, I, you know, because I really believe at that point, man, that I figured that, that with age came wisdom. Yeah. So dudes who were just older automatically had something to pass down, you know. And, and this guy had definitely not not been, you know, schooled with that, you know. So, so he was just there. He always cared about dinner. He just cared about dinner, bro. You know, he just wanted to eat. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to be fed. Oh, your Sally. It was some old dude on the yard, man. Oh. You know, just some some dude, man. So, so you saw him in the yard, like that was your first. What was it like to finally come out and see the yard, the big prison yard? Yeah, you know what? Um, it's a, it's a trip, man. I remember, I remember walking into the the, the first building. When we got like to the bus to R and R, and they walked you to this big building, right? And I remember walking in, and it looked massive, man. It looked like a big warehouse, and the lights were like really bright inside. It was daytime. It was it was nighttime, but the inside was really lit up, you know. And um, and all these doors, everywhere you looked, there was all these doors, you know. You know, obviously cells, and some dudes are looking to see who who, who pulled up, and like you know who's that dude, or whatever you know, nosy guys, and some guys are probably asleep, but. I just it just looked overwhelming. Like this is like a lot of space, you know, and um, you know. So so the, I guess the next day was yard, you know, and and you quickly. It, well, actually, it was breakfast. So my first day at at um, in the prison breakfast, chow hall, I guess, right? What they called it. You know, I was I I really for some reason thought that it was going to be, um, like a restaurant. I don't know why I thought that was going to be like you walk in and, and you can sit where you want. There's going to be like cups and like pictures of coffee. And maybe not like, you know, a fancy restaurant. I figured something basic. But when I went in there, man, it was like the most depressing sort of space you can anyone would want to eat. So it was like this big gray walls all inside with all these metal tables. There's, there's you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a big cutout in one of the walls. And that's where the food came out. So you walk up to this hole in the wall, and they and they hand you a tray, and like that was it, and you go sit down and eat, you know, robotic, like no no human interaction at all, man. So, you know, so my I was really hurt, man. I was expecting, you know, nice, you know, some Kool Aid at least, or some ice or something, you know. But <laughs> so, what was the the first meal you saw there? The first meal, I don't Spaghetti. remember, man. You know, but they had this thing called mystery meats and. Hungarian goulash and you know um, burrito, frozen burritos, you know pizza and a lot of cafeteria food. Reminds you like you're back in elementary school or something, you know. But you know all, everything needs salt. Everything needs salt. You know it's all saltless. And, but um, yeah, it's a trip, man. It's a trip. Did you get a job in there? Yeah, you know they force you to work in prison, man. You know you you think about like slave labor, you know and. And uh, it's definitely live and well in, in California prisons, man. So they, if they if they have you raking the grass or p- pushing a broom or making license plates or they make license plates for real. Like yeah, yeah, in Folsom Prison, man, they make every license plate you you see here in California. You were in Folsom. I was in Folsom for ten years, uh, so half of my time was in Folsom. I got there when I was twenty four, and I left when I was thirty seven, and. Um, so a little bit over ten years, but um, yeah, they make them right there, man. You know, I'm surprised too. Like license plates, you know. So you were there? No, you weren't there. You were there after they filmed American Me there. Yeah, I was. I was actually in Central Juvenile Hall at, at East Lake when they were filming American Me. So um, I was supposed to play a small role, but I had court that day. So my big, my big um, motion picture debut, you know, didn't work out, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. So what you get by every day, like. 
How did you keep hope alive? That's a good question, man. I, I think, um, you know, I think the, the, the generic answer is like, you know, you know, like my family and friends, I would write them letters, you know, but I think early on, Felipe, you know, this, this problem was so big and in my mind was so naive and, and immature that I, I didn't even know that this was a big problem. You know, when I heard the judge say 30 years to life, okay, 30 years to life, get out of here. I'm like, 30 years to life, what does that even mean, you know? I was still trying to figure out, like, weeks. Maybe a week was, like, a long time for me. So I couldn't even comprehend what life meant, you know? And um, and as time went on, I definitely got encouragement from reading books. And other dudes who were in the joint, you know, with, with their own legal struggles would give me advice. And, and um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, a religious man, but I think I'm a spiritual man. And so I was definitely gravitating towards, you know, um, a deeper understanding of what was happening, you know? So... Um, yeah, I think that was, I think that was a, a definitely a turning point, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of guys in prison, um, or people who, who are in prison get, have a bad rap, you know, if you read the Bible or if you pray, you know, they think you're weak. And I definitely, I definitely prayed just about every day. And, you know, for, for a long time, my prayers weren't, weren't, weren't working, you know, they weren't, they weren't being heard, you know, and, and, um, foolishly, I think as a little boy, I was praying like, come on, God, like, like if I was talking to Santa Claus, you know, like, come on, just knock the wall down, man. You know, I didn't do it. Just let me get out of here, you know? And, and it's really fantasy talk, you know? Yeah. And I think that's just what, what we're accustomed to. Like, we're just, this is what I need and, and you do the rest, you know? Um, but at some point, man, in my life, I just said, you know what? I'm done asking for those those kind of miracles, you know. Instead, I'm just gonna ask for patience, understanding, forgiveness, and because I felt like that's what I needed, you know. Everything yeah. else was, didn't even matter, man. Like now, I need just to survive this, you know. But um, but the food, man. Did you ask me about the food? Yeah. yeah you did ask about the food. Huh? <laughs> the food. You know what? The food, man. I'll be honest with you, man. The food wasn't all that. The food was, you know, there was times goulash, goulash, hey, uh, diced turkey with a lot of white gravy. <laughs> Well, you know, huh? Not just just making it up. Cause see, when I at my elementary school is <laughs> right here, and um, people don't know, but um, the school the school system and the prison system probably buy the same type of food. I agree. And, it, and it's cooked fast. You know, it's it's good protein, fat. This will get you going to lunch till you get home. I agree. Cause I used to remember I used to get these um, flour tortilla was a big old flat padded rock, but it was chorizo. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I was gonna say bologna, but yeah, I yeah. thought it was chorizo, but it was like a like a little you could break it up like taco. Oh yeah, yeah. And then we get we eat a lot of taco meat, and then those little trays there was a lot of diced surprise. Yeah, yeah, there you that go. But it tastes like there was turkey, but not really turkey. But every once in yeah. a while you find a potato, and it tastes good. <laughs> the potato, right? I mean, you you bring you bring some weird words with you to society from from prison so so one of the things that you hear about in prison is something called faking faking so i'm like i'm like hey we're having eggs and faking i'm like what is what is faking so it was like fake bacon faking like, faking i'm like oh okay yeah faking okay that, that makes sense you know how so, to make faking <laughs> maybe out of soy soy meat or something you know yeah because be- <laughs> yeah, i'm i'm vegan yeah. so we i know she knows my fiance knows how to make um Faking. It's it's just dry coconut with the same kind of spices and let the coconut dry up and it tastes like bacon if you forgot what bacon tastes like. Right, right. <laughs> bacon without the heartburn yeah. and the guilt. I gotta try that man. So what 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 when did you start thinking about just thinking about it, you know what man, I need help, man, because I am innocent. 
You know, Felipe, that was that was something that was going on maybe from day one. Behind the back, behind the scenes. You know, but I, I think you know maybe foolishly now, but you know what? I'm glad that this is just my story, man. That when I got busted, I really believed in the system. I really believed that this was gonna trans. This was gonna unfold the court system. There'll be witnesses, and when it's all said and done with, I'll go home. I really, you know. My society, advice from my family, friends, things that I had seen were telling me something completely different. But I was like, hey, look, it's now my turn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. You know, I'm going to believe. And so obviously I was let down by the system. And, um, and the same system that let me down was the same system that I had to believe in because there's only one door and that's going back to court. There's no, you know, side door to get out. It's like, hey, if you ever, if I ever was going to get out, it had to be back in front of a judge, man. So, and so, um, uh, when I got to YTS, which is the California Youth Authority, um, 1993, I think it was. I don't know if someone told me this or I read it or came in a dream or something, but the, the, the my new mission in life was just to write letters, letter after letter, just saying, hey, look. This is my name. This is my story. I need help. So I was. I would write Oprah Winfrey, sixty minutes, ACLU, lawyers, judges, anybody. I would just bug you and just write you and say, "Hey, look, I need your help." Sorry, I didn't open that letter. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you probably still got it, man. You see, and so you sent it to like Geraldo, people oh, yeah, who listen. Exactly, Geraldo was around back Paul then. Paul Rodriguez, yeah. probably. Nah, not George Paul Lopez. Rodriguez. Nah, these. I mean, I, I sent it to like. Big. Actually, it was it was people who I thought like Phil Donahue. Your, this was your business. Like this was your, like you're like supposed to be like you know aware and conscious of society's problems. Like okay, you get a letter. I wasn't just sending some random person, you know. But I just figured like hey, if you have a talk show or something's going but, on, yeah, it'll be like an interest story. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And good so, idea, bro. Yeah, I mean, I how'd you come up with that? That's a good idea. Like, cause I know, more, I know when I started doing stand-up comedy, I used to, I know Jamie Kennedy, comedian, mm-hmm. and he was trying to go to this very expensive acting class in, um, in, in England. Right. He, he was living out of his car. Right. You know, sleep, he was living out of his car. And um, so he wrote a lot of letters. I, I know this because I saw his book. But I know he went to that school. Look, I didn't see him for a year, and he wrote everybody. He wrote a long letter to John Ritter. You're wow. the reason I got into acting, you know. A long letter. He wrote to Paul Schwarzenegger. Wow. He wrote to everybody, and I don't know. He ended up going to school, but that's crazy, man. I must start doing that. Yeah, bro, it, it's it, it pays off, man. So so, but, but you want like a hundred? I right? didn't give up. You know. So so here's what happened, man. So obviously I was a. High school dropout, not because I wanted to drop out, because they yanked me out of school and put me in prison. Yanked, fool. Man, I was I was you kidnapped, man. Talk you know? about swap. This fool got kidnapped, man. He should have been in the other episode. The <laughs> real kidnap. Oh, that's funny. You said that when we first met. Yeah, man, the first episode I have is called the kidnap story. He goes, I got kidnapped. Exactly. <laughs> that's Felipe. crazy, your story, man, how... They they got you. You did twenty years, but they gave you thirty to life. And these type of stories still happen every day. That's the sad part about it, man. And in Mexico, man, if you don't have the money or the means for a lawyer here in America, like if you don't know the law, like every day when I when we watch Forty Eight Hours, they get these young kids who don't know the law. Just come in. You don't need your parents. Exactly. Come here and talk to us. Exactly. You know, and and so you know that's that's it's sad, man. That you know this stuff is still happening on on different levels. You know, maybe not. 
life in prison. But maybe, I mean, for me, it even bothers me when you hear about these kids who get suspended from school or expelled because they brought a marker or something. It's like that that's going to affect them, their trajectory in life, man, because of this silly, you think it's no big deal, let me just suspend them. That can affect, you know, that can affect who knows what, you know. But, um, but yeah, man, so... So, um, so I was I was yanked away, man, and um, and so my letters initially, my first maybe fifty letters were were pretty bad in grammar, and I'm sure there were a lot of you know emotional overload. Where I was like, come on, please, please, you know, and and obviously nobody wrote back for to those. But as time went on, my grammar, I went to school and in, in, on the inside, and and my um, so I just I just it became better and better. So when, when as that happened, the responses started coming in, and and let me just tell you, man, that. My my plan was that I was gonna write the perfect letter, and somebody was gonna receive it in their mailbox and say, "Wow, look, prison! What does this guy want?" You know, and they were gonna open it and be so moved by what I said that they were gonna come and like rescue me. That was like that's 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 all I had. Damn! But, but that's not what happened. Seriously, I mean that's a, I mean that's that was that was my goal, but that's not what happened. So what ended up happening was that I was at Folsom Prison. 15 years into doing this, a couple times I thought about stopping and just giving up, man. I figured, you know what? I've tried it. No one helped. At least I can live with myself that I at least tried, you know? And I was working as a teacher's aide, so so you got to work, you know? So I was a teacher's aide to this woman, Tony, who was a, a teacher, you know, a GED instructor. And um, she was, I've been working for about three years, creating papers and helping stuff on the board, you know, just simple stuff. And she tells me, hey, Frankie, it was a Monday. She's like, hey, I'm, today's, this is my last week working here. I've, I've been here for 20 years and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to retire now in case you want to, you know, find another job. So he, she was giving me a heads up, yeah. you know, that was cool. And so Tony knew what I was going through. I never like bugged her, but she knew I would, she would look over some letters sometimes. And anyway, um, so that night I went back to my cell. And the following day, I woke up, and it wasn't really a dream, but maybe it was a dream, but I couldn't remember a vision. All I can remember was, ask Tony to help you. That's all it was. That's all I can think about was, like, this, like, message, you know. And so, sure enough, bro, um, the week went by, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Doing, couldn't do it. And finally, on Friday, um, I'm saying goodbye to her, and she's about to leave, man. I'm saying, hey, hey Tony, um, can I ask you for a favor? And I'm sure she's thinking, you know, like, she's like, yeah, yeah, what's up? You know, what's going on? So I said, hey, Tony, like, you know, you know my story, you know, you know, you've, I've shared it with you. You know what I've been going through. Like, do me a favor. If you ever um, see a, a lawyer, a reporter, someone who you think might be interested in my story, would you mind just sharing it? And she's like, yeah, sure. Like anybody would have said, yeah, but, you know, she really meant it. And, you know, when she said, yeah, I'll do that, I really believed her, you know. And after all, bro, I wasn't asking her, like, to, you know, break me out or, you know, yeah. give me the keys. You don't need them anymore. I wasn't trying to clown her, you know. Bring me a chainsaw and a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I was, I was totally being just, you know, respectful. And so six months later, bro, which is trippy, man, about how life works, man, Tony is at a function, some book signing thing, right? And some lady stands up, and no one even asked her what she did for a living, but she just stands up and says that she's a lawyer. And, and like, who cares, right? But Tony cared. And I'm glad that she said that she was a lawyer because when Tony heard lawyer, she said, oh, Frankie. You know, so at some point, 
the teacher told the lawyer about my story, and then the story, and then it goes from there, bro. She visits me, I tell her my story, and then this amazing legal team comes together, and it takes them five years to find all this evidence, you know. And then finally, I'm, I come home, you know. But um, perseverance, man, not giving up, you know. So, what did they do? They did a lot of behind the scenes work. So the the lawyers, bro, the, it's a trip because. The lawyers, um, they did like the investigation, like from the very beginning. So stones, like that were that were never turned over. People who were never interviewed, things that were never even done. They went back and like started from scratch and just redid the entire investigation. And the main thing that happened with with me, Felipe, was that what convicted me was six boys who were pressured by the cops to lie. That's yeah. all. There was no, there was no gun. There was no car. There was, there was nothing but these guys, who were, who were being misled, and so that was the evidence. So now we had to like undo the evidence. So my attorneys found each of these men. Now you know, all this time later, they're all grown up and have families and all that. And each guy said, "You know what? I lied. I lied. The cop made me do it, or I believe my friend, and so I went along with his story." Um, they went and found the actual murderer, which was huge. He, he confessed. Nothing happened to him, but he still confessed, which was good for me. Where was he at? He was he was here in L.A. I mean, I don't he know. confessed. Didn't pick him up. Nah, so you know what? It's a trippy situation, man. So the guy confessed. He wrote a he wrote a declaration that he had that he did it. Um, the sheriffs don't believe it. You know, they think it's all BS. You know, yeah. so um, but that's a whole other story, man. But the guy the guy came came clean. You know, but I have to tell you, bro, that. For the whole, I think for me, one of the, the main stories in my in my in my bigger story was that the same guys, bro, who came and lied and and convicted me. So these witnesses, I give those dudes so much credit, man. Instead of hating them and saying, you know yeah. what, these guys are worthless for lying, I give these specific guys a lot of credit for coming forward after all this time. And saying, you know what? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest here, man. If, if for once in my life, I'm gonna be honest, I can't, I can't live with myself anymore. That, that I lied, or that I was, I allowed myself to be misled by the cops and said something that wasn't legit, you know. So these dudes who I should, I should hate, I definitely respect, bro. You know, I think it's, it takes a big man with, with a lot of courage to say, you know what? I made a mistake, and that's something that. You know, I I've lied in my life, bro. I've made I've lied big lies, little lies, and to admit to that, it's not easy, bro. You know. So these dudes, I give these dudes props, man. You know. They have so. Uh, I wonder what the cops told them to say he did it. That's the story, man. So these bad, these guys were bad cops. You know, these were these guys called the Linwood Vikings. Yeah. You know, like Rampart scandal. These yeah. guys were like the sheriff's department scandal. You know. Linwood Vikings are called. And these dudes well, are Google bad. That. Linwood, Linwood Vikings. Vikings. These guys are bad, bad cops, man. And so these dudes were the ones involved in my case, you know. And, they wrote uh, the shield out of them. Exactly. No, every time <laughs> I watched the, the, the show, the shield. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what police department are these guys talking about? Crazy. Yeah, it's it's the LA, the LA Sheriff's Department, man. So what surprised you the most in prison? You know Besides what? Besides not having a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> or, a, have, or a buffet, like to do it blood in, blood out. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, Paco, we have no tacos. 
So you were the locked up and they filmed Blood In, Blood Out? You know what? I finally, I've heard so much about Blood In, Blood Out, man, that I finally watched it on YouTube, I think it was, man. So I had to watch it like in three different episodes, you know? And uh, it's a pretty cheesy movie, man. It's but cheesy. I don't know where they, I don't know where they filmed it, bro. I don't know where they filmed it, but I, I, I don't. Maybe some different prison. I don't know if I wasn't. I don't even know if it was in California, but I'm gonna teach uh, you a new dance, bro. It's called stick and move. <laughs> Is that what they say? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. Part, hey, man. Spider! You have a final lady, eh? Save me some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we might have like the actor Damien Chapa Ooh, in the nice. show. Miklo, nice. oh Miklo, yeah, yeah. Miklo. So what surprised me, man? You know what? Su- what surprised me was um, the same thing that would surprise a lot of people, man. So you, so here I am, surrounded by convicted murderers, convicted killers, huh? kill- gangsters. But you don't know who's. Did you realize after a while, after a while, after being there for a while, did you realize who the killers were and who weren't? Or it's harder to figure you, out. You know, bro, I, I will say this, man, that early on when I got busted, and this might be some weird stuff here, man, but early on when I got arrested and I was in the county jail or in, in YA or prison, I can be by some I can be by someone and I can just like sense all oh, that this, this dude is this dude is evil. This dude is like a killer, you know? Yeah. And um but as time went on, so you don't you don't know, you know, you don't know what their stories are, but that's the point, bro. So I would see I would be around all these guys who at some moment in their lives, they made a mistake. Either robbery, murder, whatever it was. I don't know. Whatever the crime was. And these dudes seem to be... So after the fact, now they're doing time. They seem to be good dudes. They seem to be like someone you know I wouldn't mind you know having as a friend. And a lot of these guys were my friends. And so what surprised me was that, you know... That here I am thinking that you know these specific guys are 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 no longer um, worth befriending, or they're like you know forever they'll be tainted by what they did, and they were just some good dudes, man. You know, and and that really shocked me to think, and that really embarrassed me, really, because I was like falling for that same thing that society tells you. Oh yeah, convicted criminals, you know, they're terrible, you know. Yeah. And these are just guys who made mistakes, you know, and who are paying for their time, you know, paying for for what they did. So um, that was pretty shocking. For those of you guys listening, man, you ain't going to believe this, but this guy has no tattoos on him after 20 and, years. And, and a six-pack. Well, I used to have a six-pack. Now it's like a maybe 10-pack now, man. It's not like my brother. Mine has a six-pack, but like four beers bursted open. <laughs> <laughs> now I've, I've, gained, I've gained about 20 pounds since I've been home, man. Did you do the regular prison workout? Yeah. Oh, totally, man. You know, working out, it's a, it's a big deal in prison, man. And I was definitely one of the guys doing my burpees and push-ups and jumping jacks and, you know, whatever else, man. There I was, you know, playing handball. You heard, you know about handball? Yeah. Handball champion right here, man. Yeah? Rebote? Rebote, yep. Really? Uh, yeah. I, mean, I even got my, my old handball glove with me. I carried it around with me just in case something kicks off, man. I'm ready to play, you know? There's a couple of places you can play handball right now. Hollenbeck, um, Pecan Park. Yep. They have a I've handball there, court. There, and then there's, a, there's a couple of people who think they're pretty badass, but they suck. Over there at Hollenbeck Junior High School. Okay. They have four walls. They're nice. good. You know, I'm going to lie. They're good. But some of them, you know, they take it too serious. But I know, I know that place. And I know they have one over there by Eagle Rock. I go to the one in Eagle Rock. Uh, oh, it's on uh, Cypress it? Park. No, Yosemite Park. I think Yosemite it's Park. Yeah, at the, Yosemite. So trip out on this, man. So I, I like to play handball. For me, it's a gentleman's sport, right? Some like you know googling, like you know. Now I know about Google, right? I'm outside and everyone says Google this and Google that, so I'm googling, right? More Google fucking Vikings, bro. <laughs> Linwood, uh, Linwood Vikings. 
So I'm Googling, like, handball courts near me, right? And so they take me to um, Yosemite Park in Eagle Rock. And um, so, of course, everyone has a, rev- a Yelp review, right? So I'm like, okay, um, for handball courts, really a Yelp review for that? So I'm looking at the comments because, you know, everyone looks like you comments. Gotta know, you got to know, man. Sometimes How many likes, you know? You must have to go to a park. Like, I, I put a bad <laughs> Yelp report on Burbank Burbank Park, yeah. Recreation Park. That's where um, Isaac, my, my stepson, soon-to-be stepson, Great but now kid, he's just my homie. Great kid. Um, he went to the summer camp there, and it was horrible. It was hot. They, yeah. they, they left him in the gym. They didn't do nothing. It was hot. But when I went to go bas- play basketball there, if I didn't have a basketball, I guess nobody would have played. Wow. I was the only guy with a basketball. Wow. So I got to play. I said, listen, man, it's my basketball. I'm going to play in every game. Win or lose. <laughs> I like that man. That's taking that's taking charge right there, man. So I, I went, to, so, so, went to, so I went to Yelp, right? So I'm on um, before I pull up, you know, I don't know, right? I'm like, where's Eagle Rock and where's Yosemite? So Yosemite Park. And so obviously somebody got some bad reviews and they're saying, you know, some it seemed like it was somebody who was not originally from that area and said, Yeah, there's a lot of um some male l- his male Hispanics. It was like a police report. Male Hispanics <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's hilarious! Just get wrote a let's get wrote a police report and a Yelp review. Two male Hispanics playing handball with some um, short khakis and shouting and yelling out "Volver, Volver" with a side of Budweiser. And so I'm thinking, really, who, what's going on here, man? My kind of park, exactly right. That's what I said, man. So I'm like, I got, I got to go check this out, man. You know. <laughs> so I show up, man, and definitely all the all the rasa was there. So it was it was a good review, in my my opinion, man. So it was like a Nike Cortex commercial, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, and, and cut off cut off uh, dickies and sweats. They were all there, you know. Everything was that's that's you know Mexican version of of gym shorts. It's just something that was cut off, you know. Shants. Yeah, that's it, man. So, so they're, they're good. They got some good players there. They had some really good players, man. I met some good dudes right there, and um, and yeah, it was it was cool, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, let me take a swig of this coffee. It's really good coffee here at um, Primera Taza. Primera Taza, man. On First Street. Two bucks for a cup of coffee. That's pretty good for nowadays, you know. I mean, whatever, whatever the places charge like five bucks for a cup of coffee, right? Yeah, five bucks just for so they could scream out my name exactly. and mispronounce it. Exactly. So yeah, hey, so so when I was when I was in the joint, man, so I was really proud of you, Felipe. Here we are. Here's like all these gangs. You saw me in dudes. prison, though. I'm in I'm in my prison cell, man. Five blocks, cell thirty six. I still remember the cell I was in, and everyone's like, "Hey, fucking like, turn to channel four, channel four, You know, it's like, and so sure enough, here you come on. You know, it's like representing the cause, representing LA, representing <laughs> men who have hair. I mean, you're representing everybody, man. You yeah. know, it, was, it was a lot of representation going on there. You know, and uh, Arabs, <laughs> everybody, bro. Sikh people. <laughs> <laughs> but you, 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 you put it down, man. Dudes were like, you know, it's funny. It was almost funny, man, that guys in prison fell in love with the show because somebody they can connect with was like on TV. Oh, this guy was on TV. You know, he's he's from the barrio too, and and then like there was like a funny little skit with, with some maybe your mom. I don't know who she was, but like some beat up ass pad. You're coming out. That was, was me. That was you. That was, was our old house. Oh, okay, your old house. Yeah. And it was like, it was a funny skit, man. Oh, they keep the door down? Yeah, that, yeah, way, that yeah. was the, the, uh, the East LA workout. I think they were waking you up or something. Yeah. I don't know. Something was going on, you know. And 
And so, of course, the next day, everyone's talking about Felipe at the breakfast table while they're eating their SOS gravy, you know? Like, same old shit. Same old shit. Shit on a shingle. Shit on the when shingle. When I was in rehab, there was a guy there named Chuli that was locked up <laughs> in Folsom for many years. He used to always make that, man, gravy with yep. um, ground beef yep. Yep. and biscuits. Yep. Oh, exactly. man. That's some good stuff, man. White gravy, though. Yeah, white. yeah, exactly. Gotta be white gravy, man. And don't mess around with that. Gr- I don't like the brown one. Never like the brown one. Yeah, the brown one reminds me of... Um, Goulash. Yeah, goulash. That, that doesn't work for me, man. I don't. I mean, that doesn't work. That's for funny, me. man. You, you mentioned like horror, you don't like goulash, but we, then we have another guy on the show named um, Keith Manning and um, Theo. I took him to this um, underground fucking black ghetto club. Now the only Mexican <laughs> there, and now they talk. There was like it was scandalous, bro. Like everybody there. If they got put, if they were if those guys were taken to jail, it was because they did something. Wow. They were, these are not innocent, man. Right, so, right. how they kept talking about the goddamn bowdam balls that they ate? Damn. Because man, man, it was a lot of hookers there, man. There was crackheads, but man, they got the best bowdam balls I ever ate. <laughs> and then bowdam balls is like this circle of rice with ground beef and then gravy on top. Wow. Bondigas, 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 man. That's what they were having, you know. So you're probably wondering, like, Frankie, why you got, you know, some slacks on and some dress shoes on? Are you, you back know? in court or what? No, no, no. You know what? A good friend of mine passed away, man. You know, oh, you went so, to a funeral? You know, a good dude that I, that I know from when I was a kid and who I did time with in Folsom, uh, Carlos Mendoza, bro. You know, good dude, solid guys, you know, rest in peace now, you know. So I know you're wondering about my, my yeah. fancy slacks, you know. So, you know, rest in peace, Carlos, man. So um, when you were in prison, did you get into, like, a fight right away in East Lake? You know what I, I did? I yeah. actually, actually started fighting them. What's the name of that LP. black guy? Nah, nah. nah you know what? Actually, uh, it was he wasn't even a black dude. Bro. So you were there during that big Folsom prison riot? I was. Damn, the one they show on on video on, on, B, on CNBC when when everybody just it was just like it just exploded, right? That's the one. Exploded, yeah. and there was guys wearing white yellow jackets, and then, yep. and then that one dude got shot. There was a dude who got shot, yeah. Were you in the yard when that happened? You know, actually, I wasn't on the yard, but I was in the joint. Different buildings were being released at that time. Oh, so they make it seem in the news that the whole uh, uh, Attica, Attica, yeah, yeah, out no. of control prison, but it's just sections. It's Not, sections of like, it, yeah. Like, what I know, when I think about prison, I've never been in prison, and even, um, hopefully I'll never get kidnapped, yeah. but... um. They show one yard. They can't be just one yard, right? There's many yards, right? Or do people get different different turns, shifts? So it's different designs, but Folsom is the second oldest prison in California. So that one, when when that was only one yard on that one, and there's four, five buildings. So when those dudes go out to play to the to the rec yard, they all come out together. But they still release you like one at a time. Okay. So what happened that day was they'll release like one building, see what happens. Okay, nothing's happening. Okay, release another building. And and so on, but in in that case, after the first building came out, it kicked off. You know, so it was it was pretty bad to um, um, so it was it was a it was a pretty bad riot. You know, dudes got killed and you know, shot and stabbed. You know, so it's prison, man. I mean, I'm I'm grateful, man, that after all these years, um, although I got in some fist fights fist fights early on, after that, bro, like I I realized that um. Like, that was, if you wanted to prove your manhood and prove how tough you were, like, there was so many other ways of doing it. And for me, I felt like educating yourself was the way that you said, like, you know, they can, uh, anyone can fight. When it yeah. comes down to it, even the, the, the skinniest, wimpiest, scariest guy, you, you put him in the corner, he turns into a lion, you know? He has to fight, you he know. Has everybody, fight, everybody has to fight. 
And so that's something that, that anyone can do. But educate yourself, be a thinker, be someone who can who can um, drop reason, knowledge. Drop not. That's a different conversation, bro. You know, that's yeah. why I respect you, Felipe, man. Because a lot of dudes have a lot of talent in them, and they don't have the discipline. You know, they're you know they're just they, they're doing something else. You know, you know if it's washing cars or you know bundling cars or whatever. You know, changing a window. But you know, and they was you know, man, I always wanted to be whatever. You know, and and so I respect that, man. You know. So, with two, uh, like your friend who just passed away, you know him. He was a, ba- a kid, right? That was your little he league. Was, yeah. Well, thing. So we, I didn't play base. My dad wasn't into like us having sport, you know, playing sports, man. But he's a dude who was I a grew Jehovah up with. Witness. No, I shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, my sister's Jehovah Witness, man. That's a different story, you know. Uh, but my my dad was an older dude, man, and he was he just felt like Mexicano from where? Torreón, Coahuila, man. Torreón, Coahuila. Coahuila. Coahuila is a, a northern state in, in Mexico, you know. But my dad was like Coahuila an older. Is that the border of Texas? Exactly. By Acuna? Exactly. Oh, so you're by Del Rio. So the, the city is called Torreón. But he was he was born in, he was raised in TJ. That's where All he was right. born. So he's like a guy from TJ. Colonia you know? 13. Colonia La Guanavista. You know? <laughs> but this but but my pops, bro, he was he was like fifty when I was like ten, eleven. So he, for him for him, bro, really baseball was like a waste of time. He wanted me to go like know how to fix a roof or change some pipes or whatever. Like, they was more like a mechanic kind of guy, you know. So, I respect that. Like, he saw other kids, you know, other dads taking their little boys to Little League. And he just felt like, you know, my kids are going to, like, know how to fix stuff or whatever, you know. So, so I respect him for doing that, man. But, um, so, this my, my friend Carlos went to school together and... Um, I moved away, and he was from a different part, different barrio in Linwood, different side of town. But I met up with him again in, in prison, man. And, um, you know, the dude was a good dude, man. It's, and it's unfortunate, bro, that, you know, luckily for him, he was in a car accident. But he was able to come home and be with his family before, you know, tragedy struck, you know. Yeah. But um, so it was, it, was a, it was weird to see someone who I, who I still respect and who I saw you know suffering like i was suffering in prison to now be dead you know it's it's a really it's a really interesting way of thinking about it you know but um but that's life bro i think you know someday we're all gonna be right there you know but um yeah it's a trip man and so now so let me tell you now what's been going on since my release man so i can't feel the first of all when you find it when you when they shut the doors behind (laughs) you dog how did that feel, man? You know what? So here, here's a here's a crazy here's a crazy kind of. What was the first thing you ate? <laughs> Give me some King Taco. <laughs> take me to Shakey's. Oh yeah, man! I, take, oh, I wish Shakey's would have been good. That would have yeah. been good, you know. Oh yeah, man! The Mojo Potatoes. Oh yeah, exactly. That was my spot when we were little kids. Shakey's was like going oh, to yeah, you know man. doing it big time. They had so, cinnamon rolls. Did, I, did, I didn't even know that, The one man. that Atlantic Boulevard does, right there at Atlantic in Monterey Park. Oh, we went to the one, like, in uh, HP on, um, like, Pacific and Firestone or Florence or something, you know? Who knows, man? But uh, by the Pussycat, Puss, Pussycat Theater, something like That's all I can remember. That's, yeah, that's probably closed. Pussycat probably, oh, Theater. Yeah, there used to be a Pussycat Theater <laughs> downtown LA, too. Now it's a subway. Oh, is that Yeah. <laughs> still Sometimes t- I go in there, man, and I, and I go, give me the tuna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
give me a little dance. But yeah. I never, I used to see those those shady places. But now you know, every, they, they try to clean stuff up. But every every time I look, look at that corner, I go, yeah, man, that's what, yeah. this was a shady corner. Yep, yep. And it's still the shady people across the street the to pussy remind cat, you the, the pussy pussy cat cat theater. Yup. So, so yeah, man. So first day out. So it was a little trippy, man. So my first big moment when I came home after all these years were. Um, you know, it's funny, bro, because um, I get out from after my last trial and from the county jail, and I walk out, and five seconds later, it's like a TMZ moment. There's all these cameras coming towards me, and they're asking me, Frankie, Frankie, like, how does it feel to be free? How does it feel to be free? You know, like if I had, you know, just won the Super Bowl, you know, and I was supposed to say how I felt, you know. And so what you doing? Like, hey, you just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> what you going to do now if it- <laughs> What you gonna do now, Peyton Manning? That's, that's um, the way I felt, bro. It, it, was, it was. I'm funny, going man. to Disneyland. You know, you felt like the way I felt. Like <laughs> when I finally won last comic standing. I don't know if you ever watched it in prison. I did, of course, I did, man. Because we're all happy. What was it like, man, in prison when I won? The people say, "Oh, oh yeah, man. Pastor Bruno, <laughs> go bring my old lady." <laughs> I so, met people like they were locked up in Arizona who had, had phones. Yeah, yeah, They had yeah, the yeah. money for yeah, phones. Yeah, yeah. And those guys told me they voted they, for me. Oh, they did. Damn. Yeah, man. So they, when, they, when they, I said, "Wow!" So they were really making booty calls. They were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like, man? Because see, I had so many things I wanted to say when I won last comic standing. I wanted to say I'm going to Disneyland. Yeah. You know, or yeah. or make that funny face like that black man when he, his son. <laughs> It tells them, um, Dad, you're a crackhead. And he goes, <laughs> So finally when I won, I just said, um, I don't know what to say. I was so nervous because I thought I didn't win. Because <laughs> you know that when you play that game, meaning, meaning, minor, more, catch the winner by the toe, and then sometimes you lose or sometimes you yeah, win. Yeah, you're, you're really sure. So I yeah. thought that I lost, but then I won. <laughs> so the first thing I said was, Oh man, how do you feel? Awesome. God bless America. Is that what you said? I don't even remember that. We probably laughed at you right there. You know? <laughs> so what's it like, man? What were your first thoughts? Yeah, you know what? It's in well, court. They hit you first, or you didn't believe it at first. So, so the day I got out, we'll, we'll pick it up from right there, man. And um, but I'll say this: when I heard the judge say, "Okay, Mr. Carrillo, you know, you're free to go," you know, like so. Obviously, I mean, I was expecting those words to happen, like those that phrase to happen twenty years before, but. You know, a little delay in time, you know. So they finally say, you know, you're free now, you know. And no I, background music. No, no, you know. And even, even, <laughs> no the, applause breaks. Even, even, even the, the, the deputy said, okay, everybody in the audience, like, when the judge says the ruling, like, no one gets too excited, you know, like, this no, is. No, Jerry, Jerry. Yeah, there was, this is not like, you know, this is a court of law, you know, like, yeah. everyone keep it, keep it together, everybody, you know. So, so there was no big cheer, you know, but um, I was definitely, you know, I probably, I'm sure I teared up, and I was definitely really emotional. But you know, for me, bro, honestly, man, I felt like about time. My thinking, my thinking was like I wasn't surprised. Like, oh my god, finally! Yeah, my thing was like exactly everybody about time. This, you know, I'm out. You know, about time they're believing me. Um, and so when I came home. Um, got out, you know, a quick little couple of reports, and we took off to my friend's pad, and we were in uh, Echo Park. Echo Park, we went straight there, and I had... I had what year like was a, that? March of 2011. So, I was living there, bro. I was living in Echo Park. Is that right? Yeah. So when I came home... You, that was Echo Park, my house. I oh, was, was living that, in an apartment oh, by the park. Okay, yeah, exactly. I was yeah. a couple blocks over from the park. 
And I and I didn't know about Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. Joe's. I, don't, I don't, you know what? The, I thought that was probably some guy who was like on Fish Row, like Trader yeah. Joe, you know, some white guy, you know, from like, you know, whatever, whatever, like northern city, you know, some little hick town. But there was an actual place called Trader Joe's, you know. And so I had like a Trader Joe's Whole Foods lunch. Oh yeah. So we had like fresh vegetables. Yeah, and, organic. And, oh, of course, and like cheese and. And my my friend Christie's house, and you know, people met up there, and some other reporters came there, and and so it was like a nice, like, organic, healthy meal, you know. And and you know, sometimes when they say, you know, people ask me like, "What was the first thing you did?" You know, I'm like, "Oh man, I I had sex, man." Like, you know, you ask me, so I'm gonna tell you flat out, man, I had some sex, you know. Yeah, yeah, wife or a girlfriend at the time? No, I was I was single. Oh. So, um, but the, the, I mean, Nicolas. Nicolas. So I, I wish yeah. I would, you know. So that's not the truth, bro. I mean, I I sort of clown like yeah, and people they laugh, they chuckle, you know. Especially like there's girls in the room like, <laughs> like yeah. he admitted to having sex, like that was his first experience, <laughs> right? But the real experience, bro, was I took a shower. Oh, finally! Like, we're, so it wasn't like oh, a long shower, bro. A long with shower. hot water. And it wasn't like, ooh. Not, not looking over your shoulder, right? Exactly. And, like, who cares? Like, that's your first experience? But that's, like, my first genuine experience. Right? Like, when I said, hey, I need to go take a shower. Like, I made a call for myself. Like, finally, I'm taking charge of my life, right? But that's what people don't know that, man, that you're, like, uh, you've been in prison. They've been telling you your whole life when to shower, when to go to bed, and and to finally take your own shower. People exactly. don't know that. You're taking your own goddamn fucking shower exactly. for the first time. And you've done everything you've done. You, you got released that day. You, you you went to go eat, and finally, you know, I'm gonna decompress here. Kel gun, take me away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bubble bath. But, eh? but before I jumped in the shower, man, I had to use the bathroom. Obviously, right? You know, you gotta. It goes in stages here, right? And at this, at my friend, um, my friend's home. Um, another big shocker. You know, things have definitely changed in 20 years. So I sit down in the toilet, and the toilet was warm. And I realized that this was like a heated fucking toilet. Like this toilet was like high tech, fancy, robotic, you know. So I looked down and, and the ram was all like sort of like was was keeping me warm. I got I don't know what was going on, you know. And so Damn. it was like a silent flush. Like, wow, this is this is some pretty things have been things have changed since I've been gone, you know. Man, the only time I, I fought a warm <laughs> toilet was when my grandma was spending the week with us. She would get up at five and sit there for an hour. <laughs> And finally, I go in there, Dad, this toilet war. I'm glad Grandma's here. That's funny, man. So, but what's, what's trippy about the shower, uh, Philippe, is, is, is... So, shower happened, I'm out. But truthfully, bro, I have to tell you, man, that soon after I was having some uh, an interview, and the lady from CNN during the commercial break, she says, You know, Frankie, I used to be a psychologist, and it's interesting that you mentioned that your first experience was taking a shower taking a bath it was it was a shower it wasn't a bath a shower she said that normally when people um have been raped men and women have been raped and they go to the hospital and, and they have their exams and police comes and all that the first thing they request is just take a shower because they want to cleanse themselves from what just happened you know and i realized bro like you know what good for me man that i wanted to cleanse myself i didn't it seemed like the system raped me. Yeah. And I wanted to, like, cleanse myself of that experience, you know. And and, um, and so the shower was like, almost like a baptism, you know. Like, okay, clean start. I'm home. Jump in the shower. Some good soap and shampoo. And let's get this life, you know, started, man. You know, so it's been good, man. 
So what you been up to since out of prison? How long have you been out of prison now? So I've been home now for about about three and a half years. Wow, just three and a half years. I'm, wow, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a rookie, man. I'm, but I'm, you keep on still a Dodger fan, right? Please, all right, baby, bro. Come on, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I got, I got a good Dodger story for you too, man. But so what I've been doing? So you know, call me foolish, bro. Call me call me weird, but. When I was in the joint, man, I thought that people who were who were free were doing and living the their great life, and they were doing what they wanted to do, and they were like pursuing their happiness and all this stuff, right? And all of us in prison were like had to suffer, you know. Yeah. And so I said, man, if I ever get out, man, I'm just gonna you know do what I gotta do, and I'm gonna just live it up, you know, because I'm free now, right? And so a good friend of mine, Scott Wood, and um, we called the, the president of Loyola Marymount University, and we made an appointment to see him. We called Maria, his secretary, and sure enough, bro, we met up with the president. And after we, after some small talk about you know sports and a little bit about where I had been and so on, I I, I hit him with why I was there. And I said, hey, look, I've always wanted to go to your school. I've always wanted to be educated. But unfortunately, this this tragedy, you know, derailed me from my path for education. But now that I'm free, I want to go to, you know, I want to go to your school. And uh, long story short, bro, soon after I became a full-time student at the university. So all that to tell you that I'm a full-time student at Loyola Marymount University, um, studying sociology, really involved in what's going on on campus. Um, I'm really involved as well in the criminal justice system. I, I was really pushing for um, Prop 34 to end the death penalty, um, which is about a year now, a campaign that we were pushing. And I was a spokes, one of the spokespersons for that and came out on the commercial for that. And um, just really lending, lending my voice, lending my story for something that I, that I believe in, you know. So right now, bro, my thing is um, focusing on, on, the, on the, the criminal justice system, but specifically on the youth. Because, you know, thinking back of what happened to me and all the things and people and systems that let me down, you know, I don't want that to happen to Isaac or some other kid with good intended families or not. You know, bad things happen, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I got a, I got a great girl in my life right now. Um, I got a baby. So you met my baby, Akiva. Yeah. Baby Akiva. Um and um, you know, just just trying to just trying to make it happen, man. Just taking it slow, you know. I'm in a big lawsuit against the sheriff's department, so I'm not their biggest fan, you know. And they don't really like me either. So um, that's going on. I do a lot of lobbying in, in Sacramento, and I've done some work at the at the in DC. Um, you know, and, and I think I think now, bro, what I want to do is is um, lend my voice, lend my voice, be heard. Because for 20 years, I felt that, that not only did they incarcerate me. I was busted doing time, eating ramens and, you know, watching, you know. E- eating those cakes. Yeah, eating that goulash, goulash. you know, all that crazy stuff, you know. Um, and so, but I felt like I was alive, but I wasn't really living, man. So now that I'm home, I want to live it up, you know, and but, you know, live a good life. And, um, yeah, man, so things are good, you know. Wow, man. That um, is crazy. Yeah, it's a trip too, bro, to be part of. Um, so I've been called on to be part of um, all these boards. I'm like a board member for the Innocence Project, who was, you know, the Northern California Innocence Project to help me out. Um, I'm part of an anti recidivism coalition here in LA. Anti what? Anti recidivism coalition. It's recidivism. A non- so they're trying to stop guys from going, men and women, to go to get out, make sure they don't go back in, you know? So that seems that's a big problem in California, you know? And, and so we're this organization, it's a non profit we're really helping um people who you know I'm, I'm included i'm sort of like in the middle you know i used to be um on the inside but now i'm i'm on their board of directors and 
Uh, so it's good work, you know. It's good work that we're involved in. And um, but for me, bro, really, man, just enjoying my life, meeting people, having fun. I like to drink beer, IPAs. If anybody you know knows anything about IPAs, Lagunitas, some good beers, man. What's You're that? vegan, right? You don't yeah, drink beer. Yeah, what's IPA? Man. Uh, India India Pale Ale. It's a, it's oh a, yeah, the beer. It's a yeah. It's yeah. a it's a it's a type of beer, you know, bro. I mean, people think because I'm Mexican, I like to drink like Bud Light. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need an IPA, bro. Like, <laughs> I, need some, I need some flavor. I need some flavor in my life, man. That's funny you said Bud Light and I said Dos Equis because <laughs> not, the, my dad would drink this Budweiser or Bud Light. Then in the late 70s, it was Coors Light. Exactly. Wow, man. So <laughs> so you've been going to school, man. Um, Have you uh, met with other people with the same story you have? Like other people who got incarcerated and were released, and have you met with them? Have you guys? Is there like a community of you guys? Are you guys like a group? Like I know, like, like, um, like, like you guys were affected by the same thing, you know, falsely accused of a crime you didn't commit. Are you guys? Are you friends with any of these guys? Do you guys talk? Yeah, you know what? There's a there's an organization, um, a national organization, where they have an annual exoneree conference, and so I've been to a couple of those conferences, and people come from around the country and around the world. And hashtag we didn't do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag I told you so. Hashtag it wasn't me. Hashtag. It really, really wasn't me. Exactly. So you guys, you guys go. Um, you guys, you go, wow. So exonerating convention. Wow. Yeah. So you know, I've I've, I've been to a couple, bro. How many and people are there like two. Nah, no? nah. You would think. You know, I wish there was only two. You mean I wish there was like me and some some uh, black guys. It's a like lot, huh? But, all uh, colors or all black know, bro, and Mexican? Nah, nah, there's some white dudes too. You know, there's. Or poor motherfuckers, huh? <laughs> there must have been some poor white guys, bro, you know? With some bad luck or some, just some flat out bad luck, you know? He drove the car. <laughs> <laughs> he loaned them the car and they say he was in it. Exactly, right. But um, but even here in California, man, there's a lot of guys who've um, who've been wrongfully convicted. And, you know, I got a couple friends, Obi and Maurice and. George and a couple other guys here. Some some guys are here in LA, you know. And um, and it, what's a trip, bro? Was that um, you know, we all have our different stories, man. You know, you think just because we experience the same tragedy, that we would have the same reactions. But you know, bro, call me call me an idiot, but I want to live my life with with the most optimism possible. I don't want to get out because really, bro, I feel like why why even get out? Why even get out of prison if your reaction is going to be, fuck the world, I'm mad at everybody. They owe me. They owe me. Uh, like, you know, like, what are you looking at? You know, like, hey, I mean, who, who wants to be around that dude, you know? No, bitter ass fool. <laughs> who, wants to, who wants to be around that guy? He's so, all pissed off at the barbecue when he got released. <laughs> Man. Exactly. I told my mom that I don't like her potato salad, but she still made it. <laughs> So, wow, bro! You missed a lot of Thanksgivings. You missed a couple of Laker championships. I did, man. Dodger, no Dodgers. You know, when I was away, not a single Dodger championship, man. <laughs> it's all right, man. I won last coming standing. That's all that matters, baby. It's all that matters, man. So, man, what are some of like the like question here? Some of the myths that are, were all lies, bro, about prison. Like when people tell you, "Oh, you go to prison, man. You got to join a gang." So the most obvious one, bro, is 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 the one about being raped. You know, oh yeah, people are like, oh man, like I'm sure they look at me like, yeah, this is a good looking guy, man. He people. must have had a lot of boyfriends in prison, yeah, you know, serious. or somebody must have been trying to get some of him or something, you know. And and the truth, yeah. bro, the truth, bro, is that that stuff happens, but, but they're it's sold. 
it's your soul, you give it up, you feel so you're that, caught up with the wrong crew, right? All, all those things are true, but it's not across the board, you know. Um, if, if you have homosexual tendencies, and then that's going to surface in prison like it would anywhere else, you know. But, you know, um, thankfully for me, bro, no one tried to rape me. No one tried to seduce me. or And you get this, you get this like, funny people talking about, like, dropping the soap and all that stuff, you know. And, and it's unfortunate, bro, that, you know, th- that's become a joke, you know. And But it is funny. Like, hey, don't drop the soap, <laughs> you know, whatever. But, yeah. you know, in actuality, it's just some dude being raped. You know, and and I don't think rape is 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 funny, and and for men or women, bro. You know, but um, that's like myth number one, like, you know, um, that comes to mind. But um, number two, bro, I have to say that um, you know, people say that you know, I guess another myth is that people don't, can't don't can't be redeemed. Who's that? Is that a helicopter? Or what man? What you bring me, man? It's boy highs, bro. That's a that's a chopper helicopter. <laughs> it's, it's 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 um. Looking for some innocent person to sweep up at Pico Elisa pro- other projects. <laughs> you know where I grew up, right here. The Pico. What's up, fool? That's the owner. Of What's up, fool? Evil. Evil. That's the owner of Primera Taza. Primera, good coffee, uh, man. Good coffee, people. Good. I'm gonna get my last my last swig right here, man. It's a swig. You get a, yeah, uh, swig. Swig, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So did you drink a lot of coffee when you were in prison? Did I you did, m- man. I drink. You know, coffee. Coffee's a it's a it's a good um. It's a good pastime, man. You know, you sit there, a cup of coffee, and you think about stuff, and you might read the newspaper or, you know, have a conversation with somebody, a nice cup of coffee, like we're having right here at Pimera Taza, you know? Yeah. Good. There comes this guy with some sunglasses, got a nice haircut, and he's, he's ready for radio, man, you know? That's the e-boy. <laughs> <laughs> What's another myth, man, that's not true? Number, number three. I think, number, well, number two was... um. Um, I would no have redeem, to say, not getting redeemed. Yeah, you know, people can redeem themselves. You know, number three would be, number three would be um, um, about drugs. Maybe drugs is, is one that's that's pretty alive and well. You know, not everybody's using there's heroin. There's a lot of drugs in there, though. There's a lot of drugs, but no, everyone's not slamming heroin. Like they make it seem like all these Old druggies. Dean. Exactly. There's definitely dudes who are Odin. You know. What's up, fool? <laughs> but there's a lot, of, a lot of drug trafficking, like the, the same prison, like people making shanks, people making auto, oh, that's, um, oh, that's making real. pistols, oh, that's like a gun. Yeah, I've never seen a gun. I've seen I see some shanks, man, but not a like maybe like out of soap, like a toy one, but not. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So people were making shanks and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll make a shank out of um, tire, a, can, a can of tuna or something. You know, flatten that puppy down and fold it up and. Put someone's name. When you were in there, man, did you see like any like um like I know you say you run into a lot of kids, man, like but you, it's sad how there's so many bad mistakes for people who just hop hopped into a car one day and then that's it. You know, I, I got a lot of friends, man. It's sad, man. And so in California they have a law that even if you didn't do it but you were there, the murder rule law, um, they sweep you up, you know, you're part of the you're part of the, the drama, you know? And so they convict you as well. And so a lot of dudes, bro, who who didn't who don't deserve to be there, in my opinion, who were probably just at the wrong place at the wrong time, or weren't really the 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 guilty party, but they were just sort of like in the car or whatever. And I think those those situations are a little bit hard to um to swallow, man. It's not cool, you know. Who to tell somebody, man, who's listening right now to the podcast, who just got released from prison or or they have kids who's going crazy or they don't know how to deal with that right now. They're their kids are going through crazy hormones, you know, they're 15. What'd you tell, tell them, man? 
you know, for, well, for the first one, for the for someone who's getting out, no matter what age they are, you know, youngster from coming out of juvenile hall or older guy coming out of prison or even, you know, men and women, I shouldn't just say or men. Or rehab, too. Even rehab, man. You know, this is not a, a gender issue. There's a lot of women in prison as well. Um, I would definitely say that, um, you know, value your, your second or third or fourth, second, you know, value your life and the fact that you're free and able to now think for yourself. I would definitely say if you need help, you know, there's people out there who, you know, might not, you know, the sign and the people who are inside of that building might not be the ones you're expecting, but that's who's there to help you. And, you know, you got to reach out. And I know it's hard for people to to ask for things, man, especially when your voice has been taken away from you. It's hard to say, like, hey, I need I need you. Because, you know, you feel like that's been your your the same thing that you've had your whole life is asking, asking. But. I think, you know, I can speak for myself, bro. If I wouldn't have asked that teacher to help me, I would probably, you know, for sure I would still be there, you know? Crazy, huh? But I think for the kids, man, for parents who are who are raising kids who need who need some advice, man. And, you know, for what it's worth, man, my advice would be, you know, don't give up on your kids. If it's your real kids or your stepkids, um, love them. Love them to the best of your ability, you know. And I think, I think what's critical, Felipe, here, man, is that, and what saddens me, is that, Adults nowadays have excused themselves from the responsibility of passing down things that were passed down to them. So a lot of adults nowadays are like, ah, you know what? He doesn't care. Like, why even say anything? Like, ah, they don't understand me. Or that's a, the generation gap is too wide. And and I feel like really idiot, man. Like, imagine if someone would have said that to you when you were growing up, and like, ah, like, you know what? Ah, that dude, some cholos. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, they're gonna be, you know, they're gonna do what they want to do anyway. But I think it's planting those seeds, man. You know, not expect a, a, a miraculous moment when you give someone advice that they say, "Oh my God, Felipe, thank you. I needed to hear that." Nah, come on, you're just being silly. You know, say some words of advice, follow up with it. And expect, bro, that those seeds are going to take root and they're going to flourish someday, you know. And, you know, what a beautiful thing. So you can look back someday and say, you know what, thankfully I didn't give up on this kid because, you know, I cared about him, you know. That's crazy, man. You have a positive outlook on life for someone who's falsely accused of something. Because I know people, even myself sometimes, I'm going to think that, Frankie Carrillo, that you got relief after 20 years for something to do. Because sometimes I'll be at a department store and I get accused for something to do and I go crazy, man. <laughs> like, I make the situation worse. Like, or, or, or I get a bad look still. Like, I don't know. But sometimes, you know, people freak out. I got to pause myself. Okay, man. You know, especially being a comedian, yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, this guy's really an asshole in real life. Those jokes are all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but damn, bro, you're a very positive guy, bro. Like, oh, my God. Thank you very You have any, like, do you have the web pages of those places you have? Yeah, you know what? Uh, so, so, like, if you, so if you know. Write them down. Yeah, if you know anybody who's, who's doing time unjustly, man, I would definitely recommend that you um, don't hire a lawyer. If you have, then okay. But, you know, contact uh, Innocence Projects. The ones who helped me Innocenceprojects.com? It's like, so the ones who helped me was Northern California Innocence Project. But they're they're everywhere, you know. You can just reach out. You can Google it, you know. And you'll find it. And, um, and you know, they'll, they'll, they'll guide you, you know. They'll definitely know what to do. And, and, um, and so for someone who's coming out or you know someone who's coming out, you know, they can contact um, Anti-Recidivism Coalition. That they're based here in Los Angeles. It's a great um, um, 
uh, place for resources, for advice, for camaraderie, for transitioning. You know, a lot of people, you know, it's hard for them to go from one world to another. You know, Felipe's world is a, is a unique place all by itself, but, you know, there's not enough room in your world to, to take in any more of these, um, you know, guys coming out of prison, man. So, um, um, so yeah, man. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I, I have a Twitter account. I don't really use it. What's your Twitter name on, on Twitter? I think it's like F- Carrillo Frankie or Frankie Carrillo and Frankie Carrillo or Carrillo Frankie. I wish, you know, bro, I wish I knew how to, how to tweet, man. Or tweet. What do you call it? A tweet? You just every day, like right now, man, you would tweet, um, had an awesome interview with Felipe Esparza. Hashtag, Boom. no hashtag. Hashtag, we didn't do it. Hashtag yeah. Hashtag, hashtag the start. hashtag what's up food podcast. What's up food podcast. Sometimes people look for the hashtag what's up food podcast, and then the other tweets where where people um, mention it will line up together. Ah uh, okay okay. So yeah. like um, I will tell people like who went to my show. Let, t- let me let me let me tweet right now, man. What we're doing this? So go yeah, ahead. Yeah, hashtag- tweet it, bro. So I can take tweet it and I'm and I'm has and then add my um, at funny Felipe so people could um can look for it. So yeah, so I, I have a Twitter. I'm gonna I'm use my Twitter. Account. You have an Instagram. I love Instagram, man. Do you have a, what's your name on Instagram? Frankie Carrillo, bro. Frankie Don't Carrillo with a with a F R A N K Y Carrillo, C A R R I L L. Oh, oh I, I, I love I love Instagram. I can't believe you found Frankie Carrillo, but just like that with no number. Exactly, right, bro? I know, right? I was you lucked out, bro. I know. So I'm not even Felipe Spars on Twitter on Instagram. <laughs> I'm Felipe Esparza, comedian. So you know, bro, I, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to blend in, man, and fit in. And if that means you gotta, you know, put pictures on Instagram, or if that means I gotta Google map myself through Boyle Heights, or I gotta yelp my my way through dinner, or whatever it takes, man. I gotta, I gotta just do it, man. And uh, play handball, and Eagle Rock. Oh man, yelp man. it, bro. Don't put no, don't write no police report. <laughs> I'm gonna use that joke on stage, man. Sometimes, man, you be reading. Yelp reports, Yelp reviews, man. You know they're white people, man, because they sound like a police report. <laughs> yeah, man, we got them, but there was these two thuggish Mexicans. <laughs> Luckily, later on, I found out they ended up being the cooks <laughs> and the waiter. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, you know what's cool about about our people, man, is that and and I and I love this, and I'm even embarrassed, man. But anywhere you go, doesn't matter if it's fine dining or street dining. There we are, man. You know, you look through that little window in the back restaurant. You know where they where they you know they let them breathe. That window that, that people you know get some air. Yeah. There that you look in there, like oh yeah, that's my people, man. You know. That's my people over there. And I messing and, up orders too. Nah, you know, bro, I, I respect it, man. I, I walk in, especially these these nice spots, man. Where you're thinking, fuck, man, we we've we've come up, man. We were even at this nice, you know, five star restaurant. And I always ask the people in Spanish. I always greet them in Spanish, man. And I say, how are they treating you here? You know. They don't know who the hell I am, you know, but they're thinking, you know, maybe this guy can, you know, give me a raise or something, right? But they always tell me, yeah, you know, they treat me really good and the pay's good, you know, and and I'm like, okay, you know, like, all right, like, you know. It's okay. funny you say that because when I go out of town and I do travel a lot, <laughs> I make friends with the with all the help. Like the, when I go to the hotel rooms, oh, yeah. I make I make friends with a maid. When I go to the comedy club, I made fun with the cooks. And then um, I joke with them, and when I come back, man, they treat me like royalty. Right. But ya vino el pocho. Si. I get extra blankets. Yeah, man. All that good stuff. Okay, starting a new message. Is that what it is? Down at the bottom? Let me see here. Start a new message. I don't even know, bro. You know? Okay, Twitter, new message. Oh, no. right here at the bottom, I think. I think it said. I think no, you're sending a message. Oh, there right it is. There. 
Well, here at the bottom it says... All right, people teaching this guy Twitter, Rasa, right there. Okay. Just write it. Are you breaking, I'll, I'll are we my, breaking up here? What's going I'll on, I'll have man? my producer tweet for you. Put there it right here, go. and I should do it real cool. I don't know about you, bro. My mic is a little, little shaky, man. Maybe the power has gone out or something. No, you bro, because you're sitting in a wooden chair, bro. It looks like the jury table. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting next to a church pupil, bro. You should be praying. That's what's going on here, man. Wow, man. Oh, man. I, you know, man, I will say that you are probably our most... Uh, what a, you would probably be my favorite guest right now, man. Because man, what an honor, man. Because everybody else has been like, we have Fred Stoller, twenty years of hell in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> we had Joy Diaz, twenty years of hell living in L.A. We got Juan Garcia being a, being man, but you, man, you have like, you give everybody hope. Thank you, homie. Thank I mean, you, man. Your story gives people hope, man. Like, and then and then you like. You mentioned that the the same justice system that turned your back on you and then raped you and then came back and really helped you out. So there is hope in the justice system. Oh, I believe in it, man. You, I, there I, is hope. You just got to believe in it. and Because if you're really honestly innocent somewhere, you know, there's hope out there. Don't give up on yourself, man. Exactly. That is crazy, bro, exactly. man. And for the people, man, you know, and 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 a, and a message for me that I want to give, man. And I know you're not asking me for any like last words here, but I'll just, I'll just you throw them out there. You know what the hell, man? Yeah, I'll beat you to the, there. I'll beat you to the punch, as I say. You know, you know, for really, man, it, it's really important for me to say that. You know, there's people out there who who were who were misled and who lied and who and who maybe felt like that was what they had to do at whatever sort of stage in their lives, you know, and testify or to falsify a report, man. And and you know, bro. For for me, I, I think about the guys who testified for me and who then came back and kept it kept it real and, and were honest. Those were the heroes of my life, man, who said, you know what? Let me let me clarify. Let me clear this mess up, man. You know, because there's some dude who was doing time for something he, didn't, that he do. didn't do. And and I had some part to do with that, you know, and for whatever it's worth, bro, it's 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 meaningful, man, to um to live life on that level, you know, so. So that's 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 and thank, wow, hey, bro, and thank you for inviting me, man. You know it was cool. It was cool. I run you. into you, bro. Bumping said into you, bro. You know, I, I and it was fun. I mean, you get this a lot. I'm sure people are like, hey, what's up, Felipe? And you're like, I don't even know you, man. You know, <laughs> but you got to play it off like, hey, and, and while you're while you're like, you know, laughing, you're thinking, where do I know this dude from? You know, <laughs> I'm sure you get that a lot, right? Yeah, like some people I wrote, they didn't know me from Instagram, but other people like don't have Instagram, don't have Twitter. They just say, oh man, I saw your Netflix a thousand times. <laughs> But it's crazy, man. So we are so. Oh, there we go. So we are, man. Follow, follow Frankie Carrillo at tweet him at Carrillo Frankie, oh, C A R R I L L O Frankie. It'll be on our website. Yeah. And this is one of our cholos. Probably be Cholo, one of our, our cholos. Where are you now? <laughs> Where are you now, bro? Innocent. <laughs> I was innocent until proven guilty 20 years ago. Damn, that is fucking fucked up. But, uh, man, that's a fucking fucked up thing that happened. Oh, yeah. But, man, I'm glad you're out of it, man. Now I've got to do some will. Quick plugs right here. You'll check out Linwood, LinwoodVikings.com. Nah. <laughs> yeah, man, Felipe Spars right here, man. Man, Rodrigo Torres missed out on an amazing story. Rodrigo Torres, our, my co-host, Ooh. he's another comedian, and he's, he's studying law right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, man, he's been going to law school. He has, like, f- this guy has fat, big old books he reads. We'll have to yeah. do part two, man. Yeah, man. Do part two. He might, you know, ask me some philosophical questions about the law or something. Yeah, or, so, or throw you off with a weird question. Another word for innocence. Yeah. Huh? 
the spin-off show. So yeah, man, so this is my plugs. September, I will be in Merced, California, Visalia, California, and I'll be at the Atlanta Punchline in Atlanta, the real punchline. In October, I will be at the San Antonio River Center Comedy Club. And at Washington, D.C., so all you people from Baltimore, Timonium, Baltimore, D.C. area, from Virginia, please show up to that show at Washington, D.C. We're trying to blow that up. And also, I'll be at the Ice House in Pasadena, and um, uh, you'll be a welcome guest, bro, of the Ice House. Let me know. You'll be there with your lady. We're totally invite you for the show. I'm going to be right there in the front row, man. Hell yeah, bro. And um, subscribe to the podcast, rate it and review it on iTunes, SoundCloud, All Things Comedy. What's up, fool? Thank you to everybody on the show. Rodrigo Torres, he's not here, but fuck, thank you. Lisa, <laughs> producer Isaac Hayes on photos. And Frank Kikarillo, thank you very much, fool. Take us out, bro. Thank you, everyone. Isaac, you're the man. All right, oh. fool. Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today